All right, welcome to Recoded the Podcast. This is the blueprint for the student athlete. We have a, a special show today that we're going to do on addiction and, and, and growing up in the home of a addict parent. And, I, and I'm going to start with this just for people that, you know, aren't really familiar with addiction and things like that. Some people go through life and they don't really touch them. Um, but basically, the, I wrote a book, Recoded, uh, the Gary Scheffler story, an addict story. Um, in, in the first, the first paragraph of it said, in the introduction says, if someone told you that you had a 75% chance of dying when you walked out your house, you probably would never leave your home. Yet these are the odds that a, a drug addict will relapse within the first year of completing an inpatient program. That's completing. We're not talking about just going to treatment, going to detox or something like that. That's the odds that you face from, from completing the program. So it's tough. So, um, Basically, what we want to do today is, is I, I brought in some special guests. I, I have Joe Este here, who y'all know. We call him Go to Joe. Um, and we're going to get into the story on how he got here and then what we found out later on because his story is unique. We got William Poole III. He is the uh, son of, of the late William Poole Jr. and uh, the, the son of, of Darlene Poole. And Miss um, Darlene said something in her interview, and, and she said something to me last night on Instagram that when we speak these truths, we release ourselves from these prisons that we in. So it's important for us to get these messages out. And Miss um, Darlene, I, I thank you. I, you know, indirectly love you. I, I know, I know what you went through. I understand. I seen the same pain in my my family, and um, I, I, I appreciate you sharing your husband's story and your story, and allowing Will to be here today to share his story. Um, and then my very own, my daughter, mm -hmm. Kayla Scheffler, and she's going to get to tell you how it was growing up with me because a lot of people that see me on this platform don't really understand that I was a tyrant, <laughs> that I, you know, I, I, was, I did some things in my life I'm not proud of. Uh, I'm blessed to have gone through that, and you know, maybe that was the, the whole point of this platform was I had to step away from being her father, and, and she accepts that today. And to allow me to go through what I went through that we could save lives today. And, and, and that's what uh, that's what this whole thing is. So I'm going to let each person kind of talk a little bit about themselves and their story. And then we're going to come back to each each uh, person and, and go from there. So, Joe, man, tell them tell them what's happening, because a, a lot of people don't understand that um, you came here, you started training. And then I Google this story. Uh, 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 about a week of you being here just to do a social media post about you being here and, and being, you know, at GLS and, and working the GOTA method. And you was our guinea pig for GOTA. And then I find out that you adopted your nephews. And then behind that, it was like you had taken your mom in. So why, why don't you talk to us about that? Yes, sir. Um, how y'all doing? I'm Joe Este, GOTA Joe. Um, I found Coach G down here in Marrero. Uh, Coming out of college, I had my DB mentor, Coach Don Cox. There's also a father figure of mine growing up. Um, and I was supposed to train with him for my pro day training, you know, getting ready for the lead. And uh, he called me one time, one day, and was like, I won't be able to do it. So I'm going to send you a guy, send you to a guy down back in New Orleans, you know, to get you right. So that's what I did. And I came down here, it was like uh, January 15th. I met with Coach G one day, and he was like, be here at 10 o'clock and Nick tomorrow morning. So that's what I did. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't come in here on a cocky, you know, not just, uh, just, just wanting really to work and prepare to where I want to be. And, uh, like later on that week, he called me in the office and he was like, bro, 
said, what's up? He's like, your story, you know, and and it's, it's something that touched him. And you know, I, it's not me telling him about it, but it's something that he read up on and listened to. And it's something that touched him. And then our connection grew from there. Um, so me just coming down just to do pro day training was a little different for me. We became family here. And, you know, it, it, it was a, it was on a, another level that I had to take it because the relationship grew so stronger that, you know, he became part of my family and I'm not known for letting my family down. And I couldn't let him down at the same time. And, uh, then from that point forward, we moved on to introducing Goda to me. And, uh, Ever since then, Gota became the the best thing that ever happened to myself. And as we've been, you know, just tried to explore through the world, you know, and get everybody on it, you know, it, it's it's bigger than just yourself. You know, we're trying to help each individual. If we could get one a day, you know, we're doing a lot of great things here. Right. So, so, and and that kind of tells how you got here. And, and Will, man, it's kind of funny because, you know, we really connected on – your knee. Yeah. Like, like, you know, we talk about, you know, the things that James won is the things that we go through in life that 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 all our trials and tribulations are actually the things that make us whole and complete. Yeah. So, you know, talk, tell them how you ended up here. Uh, I ended up here. First of all, how y'all doing? My name Will. And uh, I ended up here basically uh, with my knee, like you said, and on tweeting, how I was tweeting, the, uh, like the things I was saying on Twitter and stuff. That caught your attention, but uh, I and, and yeah, yeah, not to cut you off, but you said some things on Twitter that I I was able to identify that you was following something yeah. that was that was motivational. It was motivational speak, and it, it had a context and a tone to it that wasn't "Hey, look at me." It was yeah. something that you were telling yourself every day. Yeah, but uh, I I got up in here because of my knee. But um, what happened was I had to my uh, ACL and my LCL. Two years uh, ago, and uh, it happened two days before my first game. It happened two days before my first game after I made a transfer from my other high school. And uh, basically, I had ran for a route, and one of my teammates, they jumped on my back while I was running, and my leg hyperextended. Uh, I went to the doctor. They ran x-rays, and they said I tore my ACL and my LCL, and I won't be able to come back. They didn't know how, when I was going to be able to come back. So I'm just waiting. But at that moment, I knew it was a mind thing. And, like, stuff happens in life. People say this. Like, stuff happens in life for a reason. But they don't really think that. Yeah, they say that, but they don't, they don't really think that. But stuff happens for a reason. And they see that you're going to let that control you in a positive way or a negative way. Like, I could have easily gave up. Said, man, I don't even want to play football. I could, I could just hop in the streets. Like, it's, I ain't about to come back to this. I'm hurt. I can't come back. People let that pain control them how they feel. Like, you got to keep going in a positive way. Just stick to what you want. Like, I know I want football, so I'm going to stick to what I want. No matter what I go through, I'm going to stick to it. And that's what a lot of people, I feel like, they don't do. They just give up easy. But they don't understand. Life hard. If yeah. life easy, I don't know. I don't know. That, you you <laughs> yeah. blessed. Yeah, yeah. Life, life, life is life, hard. It's definitely hard. It's and, hard. And, and, and and we're going to get into more of your story and, and your dad's platform with Addiction Matters and all of that and, and how you and your mother's carrying that on. Um, And then Kayla, well, you got here because of me. <laughs> like, literally because of me. You know, but tell them who you are, where you're at in life and stuff like that. 
Hi, so I'm Kayla. How are you guys doing? Speak up. Um, I'm a sophomore at Louisiana State University, and I'm just here to share my dad's story and let other kids know that they'll get through it, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's what it's about. So, Joe, take us back, man. You you um, you know the story. Why, why you took the nephews in? Oh, man, it, it was, it was a, a tough situation I was in. Um, so... A little bit on my my career route is um I w- I was I played high school ball, and then I wasn't a qualifier, so I had to go the junior college route, and then I did two years there, and then went transferred to Un- Tennessee Martin, the small D one, and I played two years there. Well, in the meantime, from my transfer formation from junior college to Division one, my family was dealing with some struggles. So. In and out of different homes, my nephews they was in and out of school. Sometimes they miss two weeks, and sometimes they'll go for three weeks, and then you know, miss days like that. And then, um, so I, I'm in the middle of transferring from schools, and then I get to my last stop, you know, my Division One up in uh, Tennessee, and uh, my first semester that was uh, June January of 2016. And I get a phone call. I was probably there like two weeks, three weeks. I get a phone call, and uh, it's my mama. She's like, I can't do it. You know, like, do what? And it was like, uh, she said, I can't take care of him. So at that moment, it was like, what you going to do? You know, I could have easily, well, I, what I did was I went to my coach, and I told him, like, demanding it because I didn't really think things through. But I was like, look. Coach, either I got to get my nephews up here or I'm going back home to take care of them. And he was like, man, we can't let you go back home, you know. So what I went, I went back to my room and I was just thinking and praying, you know, asking God, what, what could I do? Making phone calls to the people I was close to and uh, just trying to find out what to do. And then my coach called me back and he was like, you know what, we're going to help you get them up here. Well, the reason why I had to take care of him was because my sister was on a drug. She's a she's a drug addict. Um, she was in and out of their lives since they was born. Uh, so the kids was really with me and my, my mom. But through throughout high school was when I really took advantage of being there for them. I used to bring them to my football practice, pick them up from school. You know, I would be up all night with them, you know, taking care of changing diapers, feeding them just to make sure they was good because their, their mom was so far off on drugs that she couldn't really, she was either sleep or never there. And my mom, she was kind of sick at the moment too. So she couldn't really take care of them like she needed to. And my, my dad, my stepdad at the time, well, he's still my stepdad and he worked from three o'clock in the morning to five o'clock in the evening. So it was kind of hard for him too, you know, just to be there. So, it definitely was hard and a challenge for me, but it was something I was willing to, you know, to step up and do uh, because I couldn't see a child go to the state. You know, once you go to the state, you, you kind of get lost. And and th- them them boys going that way, they probably would have never seen each other again. So what, what it was on my mind to make sure that they have a life better than what I had because I kind of grew up in the same life that they're in with my mother. She used to be a drug addict, but she went to the Odyssey house and got cleaned up. You know, and, and started, that's where I went and started putting her started putting her, you know, her foot forward to, you know, to better her life for her three kids that she had was my older sister, and my younger brother. So, you know, it was just a challenge that I didn't want to see my nephews and my niece be in at that moment. So I was like, 
it is you step up to the plate, you know, or, or, or let something happen to them that don't need to happen when you can, you know, easily be the change of their life. So, and that was something I had really thought about and prayed of. And I'm glad that, you know, it just led to the, the way it did. Yeah. So, Will, tell, tell us, um, tell us kind of, you know, tell us the, the path of, 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 uh, of your dad, your dad's path a little bit and, and how it uh, played an effect on you. All right. Um, it all started when I was uh, young, uh, coming up when I was growing up. And uh, my mama, uh, she always, you know, my mom and my daddy. But I never knew, though. I never knew, like, what they was arguing about. But they always, you know, I see them fuss. I ain't never like to see that or nothing. Like, I ain't like to see that. But I just used to pick up stuff. Like, I don't know. My brain used to just, just automatically just assume what it was. But uh, I used to uh, see them argue, my mama putting my dad out the house. I'm not knowing what it's really for, but, like, she putting him out the house. She, my dad was homeless. Like, I just, I remember dropping him off to the bus stop, just watching him put out the house. I'm crying, like, please don't don't put him out. I'm like, don't put him out. I, I remember that. And my mama, she kept him, you know, because she saw I was hurt by him getting put out the house and all that. But uh, I got older, and uh, it was still going on, but... At that point, I'll keep it in. Like, I ain't tell. My mama asked me, like, Will, anything you want to talk about? Anything you good? I always say I'm good. I'm good. Like, I just, that just was my habit. I always said I'm good. Never wanted to say what I knew or what I saw. So I, I got older. My daddy was still, you know, doing the, uh, the drug. And uh, he was uh, in and out. Like, you know, my daddy did jail time. He was on the streets. And, you know, stuff like that. But. Um, so when my daddy, uh, passed away from the, uh, drug, it, uh, hurting me, it hurting me real, it hurting me bad. But when I looked at it, like, like you said, like I told you with my ACL and LCL, that, like, believe it or not, I feel like that prepared me to think how I think now when my daddy passed. Like, I thought soon as I heard myself, I'm like, you gotta have a strong mind. So when my daddy passed away, I'm like. I got to have that same mindset, even though this is something different, this is something real serious. I'm like, I got to have the same mindset. So I took that mindset and kept going with it, but you can't let off that mindset. So um, my daddy, before he passed away, he used to always tell me, you know, my dad, that's the thing. He was suffering with his addiction, but he used to always help me and my brother out. Like, you wouldn't even think he going through the stuff. Like, he'll tell us to do stuff. That you, like, how you know about this? But he always knew stuff. Like, he he had knowledge. And he always told me and my brother, always told us, you know, be different. Always fill yourself with knowledge. You can never not learn something. Always you should want to learn stuff. Like, I ain't never liked school. I didn't like school. I like being in school. But I get old. I'm like, knowledge is important. Like, Very you need important. to, you should want to know stuff. And people don't, you want to do that. But, um. Uh, and, and and let me let me let me just say this to you, Will. Your, your dad was trying, and he was fighting. Yeah. Addiction's powerful, bro. Yeah. It's powerful. It makes us do stuff that we don't want to do. Now it starts off as a choice, yeah, and then it becomes it becomes something that's uncontrollable. It becomes a disease. It may not start a disease, but it definitely becomes a disease. Yeah. And 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 the and the struggles that he had. The, the blessing in this whole thing is, is that you got the message yeah. because if you wouldn't, if you would have discredited the messenger, 
be, because of, of his situation, you would have never became the man that you are today sitting at this table. You know yep. what I'm saying? But yeah, um, I just picked up on stuff different. Like I, I thought different about a lot of stuff and that's what he helped me do. He helped, he helped me do that. He helped me do that. So I'm, um, when he passed away, I went through some of our messages. I went through some of our messages and he sent me like, I told you, he sent me like a person, he like a motivational speaker. Yep. And he just tell you, you know, how to be successful in life and stuff. And I, my daddy showed me that, but I never read it. Like I never watched it because I'm thinking it's born. I'm, you know, I don't, I don't want to yeah, watch it. Yeah. Like I'm like, I really don't want to watch this. Dad. So he sent, he was like, son, watch this. So I never watched it, but. When he passed away, I went through some of our old messages just seeing what we used to talk about and stuff, and I came across that video again. And I just pressed it. I just wanted to see, like, what he was uh, showing me. And after that, that changed my mindset. Like, my mindset been different ever since I watched the video. Like I told you, I never would have thought. I, I always told myself, I'm like, I'm not about to journal nothing. Like, I'm not about to write stuff in no journal. But that stuff really helped me. Like, yeah, you got to... Write down stuff that you want. Like I told you, like I we're we gonna get to that because right, that that that's a transitional point in this shit. thing. That's powerful. Yeah, and, and we're gonna we're gonna come back to that. Um, and and one of the big things that um, you know, your dad, your your, your mom, in the opening scene of, of the whole thing when they talking about your dad. When I saw, I watched the WWL story about ten times, and every time I pick up something different from her. And and you know, she was talking about um things like. You know, or he said one wrong choice and your mom would, would make comments about at the bottom of that cup is that needle yeah. or, or whatever your drug is, whatever the pervert drug, drug of choice is. And, 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 and kind of we're going to get in the, into the storylines even more. And mm -hmm. then, Kayla, what I, what I want you to talk about, it, it, you know, this was I mean, I'm sober over 10 years now. Thank God. And um, but, Bless. you know, what did what did you remember? Because unbeknownst to you you was probably the light that kept me alive you know um well when you first started i was obviously too young to remember right um i mean there's like a few like moments where i'm like okay something's wrong with my dad but i never really i don't think i was old enough to really take notice that you were in and out the house mm -hmm. um but Above everything, I was just like, "That's my dad." Yeah, you know, yeah. and and that and that for me, it, it saved my life in a sense because I know when when I would man, I, I could remember like calling your mom one day and and telling your mom that, you know, like I I, I can't do it no more. Like I was at a, they used to have an Eck of Drugs on the corner of, uh, and I'm gonna show my age right now, on the corner of Barataria <laughs> and 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 Lafitte LaRose Highway, and they had a payphone, which is showing my age again because payphone, I had to get out the truck and use the payphone. <laughs> but sense. um, yeah, it, it, it was it might have even been a quarter at the time. You know, at one time it was a nickel <laughs> I, or something like that to use a payphone. But um, I, I I called your mom and I'm like, I, I had a paycheck. I was like my first paycheck I got in a while, and I was like. I can't, I can't bring you this money. I love y'all, but I, I just can't, I can't do it. And it wasn't because I didn't. And and one of the big things that I learned in treatment and Will, you touched on it. And, and I know you, your relationship, Joe, now with your mother is, is that when you would come to, to Odyssey house to see me, I never like, 
it was a bunch of drug addicts out in the yard playing with their kids. Yeah. And them kids was just playing. Kids don't judge. Nope. They don't, you know, and yeah. then there's an unconditional love that you have for your parent that is really, and I know in my situation, it, it saved my life. And I know that your mom fought. Yeah. And I know that your dad fought too. And unfortunately, you know, the situation is where, where it is now, but that's where you got to come in and, and be that guidance. But go ahead, Kayla. I, I didn't want to really cut you off. I'm going to cut you all off. It's just my <laughs> nature. I'm sorry. Uh, when you went into the Hottessey house, I was nine. So at that point, you know, I got a grasp on everything. I knew there was a drug addiction going on. What exactly drugs were, you know, that's hard to understand for a nine-year-old. Right. But I'll go, and it would just be like, I was visiting my dad. Mm -hmm. He was just not a hotel. It wasn't some resort. Yeah. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I mean, I made friends through the process. Yeah, there were other definitely. girls there that, you know, I became friends with, friends of his, you know. Right. So, I mean, that was just, that was life. I mean, I can't really say much because I don't remember. Yeah. But. And that was a big thing for me, too, at that time, was to try to get it together. That way you don't have a whole bunch of recognition, mm -hmm. a recognition, I mean, recollection of all of the bad stuff. Um, so Odyssey, Odyssey House is where I went. That's where your mom yeah, went. I don't mom. know if your dad had done yeah, that. My dad, dad. I, remember, yeah. I remember going to see my mom yeah. Yeah. playing with the little kids and my brother. And, um, yeah. I mean, one time I had pulled the fire alarm. And, uh, I had everybody Dude, running so, out. So it's kind of like um, everybody running it's out. It's kind of like the boys got that that from you. Yeah, because they'll go pull a fire yes, alarm in the heartbeat. Them boys, hey, and it's just getting they they just like now they just finding themselves. You no, know, you know they're ten and eleven, so it's mm -hmm. like they growing up into them teenage boys, and it's mm -hmm. like, man, how do I train that? Because I know what I did, and I know what they capable of doing so it's yeah. like how do i change but, it yeah but it's yeah. like i mean it's, it's a challenge definitely you know i just try to talk to them more than um anything um you know just to get their mind right because at that age they absorb so much and then they soak it in right yeah, mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. you you're a sponge when you're little right yeah. Yeah. like i mean you know they got we got gigi and them trucks sitting up there <laughs> yeah. on, the, on the table right now yeah and then it was funny because bam put that up there so you leaving the trucks and and i'm like he's like yeah so well i guess i i, I keep on focus on what i'm working for mm -hmm. and what i'm working towards but um we we talked about transition, Will, and and, and transition is, is is and we not might have not called it that at the time, but going from that addiction phase to the clean runs that your dad had, you go from using to mm -hmm. not using, and there's yeah. a transitional period in there, and people struggle with transition. It's why so many people don't have long periods of, of yeah. success in relapse. But and um, go ahead. I feel like when when you relapse. Like, it's all about, like, and it's with life, too, with different things. I feel like people, like, I'm sure my dad, he, he didn't want to do it. But once you caught up in that feeling, sometimes people let that feeling just take over him. That feeling, that feeling you feeling before you do something that you know you don't supposed to do, that could either get you killed or really hurt you real bad. And I feel like that's what people uh, do. They, they get caught up in that feeling, and then they look at it like, damn. I should have never did that. Yeah. But sometimes you can't you can't go back because you're gonna be gone. You can't be like, damn, I should have never did that. Like, nah, you just gone now. Well, that that's where the 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 proper supporting cast 
is important because if I'm having a bad day, I could call Kayla and instantly it reminds me, oh, I could call my sponsor and and he'll be, I'll be like, look, man, I'm having a rough day. What what treatment does and things like that is, is it it, it lets you identify those behaviors before they happen Mm -hmm. so you can interrupt them. Yeah. Like what you said, that feeling you get when you're about to do it, that's uh-huh. your conscience saying, don't do this. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? And you so, know what you, you shouldn't do. Like, everybody know what you shouldn't do. That gut feeling right there. Yeah. That gut feeling. Yeah, it's in, it's in your stomach. Like, that's before, if you're going, you got a test to study mm-hmm. for. You know, or you got a test to study for, and you're like, I'm going out with my friends tonight. Yep. Yeah, yeah. But you know, that, you you know in your stomach that you're screwing up. It's the same thing. It carries over. It transitions all the way through the mindset. life. Mindset, yeah, for sure, and and it's being able to reach out to somebody, um, and 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 not thinking that you have it all under control. Um, now I want I want you to go ahead because we're gonna we're gonna talk about what you said with the journaling and all of that stuff. Because uh, what what and or, or let's say this, Joe, what was how would you cope? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. Wildon identified he would journal. Kayla was really young. So, you know, she was still kind of seeing me as her dad. Because when I went over there, I, I, my appearance kind of was the same to her. And I was still, you know, right? Yeah. It's, but but what 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 would help you get through? Because there's hard times with that. Definitely. Um, I can say that the, the best thing that helped me get through it, all of the adversity, you know, that I faced through that process was, um, just praying to God, you know, every yeah. night and every morning, keeping him first and everything I did. Um, and, you know, even, even after you pray, you know, you still feel like, you know, like what's going on. And at that moment it was like, all right, taking, taking my kids to school, you know, before I go, then picking them up. Like that was, that was my happy moments, you know, like that, that would made me get through the day. And then me being on a, on the football field, you know, it was like my peace right there. And then when I get off the football field, it was making sure they was good for the next day of school. And then when they go to bed, it was like making sure I did everything that I had to do for school, football. And then it was like music. Like music was the best thing that could ever happen to me through that process because, like, I listen to music that, that I can relate to. I yeah. don't listen to music that I can't, you know, kind of bind with or anything mm-hmm. if, if it's something that i can speak on or talk about or you know just a little bob to my head man it, it was something that when they re, when they spoke something to it in the song it hit me and it, it just felt different it was like yeah like now i can relax you know because i'm not the only one you know I, like i said i only had a few people i can talk to and at that time it was like it was still hard for me to talk because a lot of people didn't know what I was going through. Yeah. yeah. So if, if you can't talk to somebody that can't relate to you or have like some type of credibility. Right. They won't it's, understand. It's, they won't understand. So yeah. it's like you talking to a brick wall. You know, so like I said, at that moment it was like music was the best thing that ever happened to me. Music and God, you know, like that's when I really got my faith real serious and then, you know, on on, on the next level. Yeah. So so the faith thing, man. Because your, your faith built in the last week, it turned into something different, huh? Yeah. It's crazy. But uh, like he, like you said, uh, you got to have, you got to put God first. And a lot of people, you know, they might pray. Like, we pray. Everybody uh, pray sometimes when you when stuff get hard. Everybody right. know you got to go to God. Like, all right, God, every day. I need this. But sometimes people pray, and they really forget what they pray about. Like, they'll pray, all right, and leave it alone. And they'll just forget about what they pray for. But, like, when you pray... You gotta apply what you pray. You gotta apply what you pray for, like to life. And a lot of people pray for stuff and they don't apply. It. And it's not. It won't ever work out if you don't apply. It. And I learned that. But like, uh, with some 
something so crazy, and y'all might think it's funny, but uh, one day, and this is what I, I picked up, like this this the stuff my, this is how I listen to what God tell me, like sometimes people be want to hear from God, I really be hearing them, I catch on what he talked, like tell me about, but one day, uh, and this about, this is going to be based off, you know, how hard life is, and you just got to keep going, so one day, uh, I had put some clothes in a dryer, and I'm like, man, I don't feel like folding these clothes because I know I got different type of white socks. I got different type of white socks, and I don't want to find a match to them. Yeah. I didn't want to find a match, so I'm like, all right, I'm about to go get these clothes, take them out the dryer. I know they all mixed up. So this the crazy part, but this is what my mind picked up off. Um, so I grabbed my first sock because I didn't feel like looking for all the different socks, like searching and all that. Like I knew that's hard. That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, man, that's hard. I don't feel like doing it. But I picked the first sock up, and the the next match that it, that was for the sock I picked up was right there. That's the white sock. Then it's a different type of white sock. So I got I picked that one up. I'm thinking it's gonna be somewhere else. All over, it was right there. Then it just kept doing it. So what I picked up off of that is, God, if you pray for something, it's gonna be hard. Like just going with life, it's gonna be hard. But what God, what God told me. He gonna set everything up for me. All you gotta do is just do it. <laughs> don't don't think it's hard. Yeah. Just do it. Amen, that's it. Bro. Just yes, do it. Sir. And that's what I. That's what he told me. That's why I picked up. So anything that's hard in life, just pray for it and stick to what you want. Just stick to what you want. Don't worry about how hard it is. Don't worry about what you go. Just do it. That's all. People be like, I'm gonna just do it. Just do it. No, really. Just, just do, do it. it. That's it. Too too many times we pray for. The unnecessary. It's like I'm. I'm not praying to God for a car. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. I, I might need a ride to work, but you know what? God gave me two good legs. Mm-hmm. I'm. A, I'm gonna make my way to work like that. Listen, when I started this business, I, I took those times as not having a car and stuff like that as my penance. Like you got to show God an effort. Yeah. And then he, they the, You know, it's you take one step, he'll take ten. Yeah. You, you got to be proactive. It, it, you know, you see it in, in, the, in the high school sports thing. These kids are praying for offers, but they ain't doing the work. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? You see that stuff all the time. Kayla, what was, you know, as, as a kid? Because I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? How, how was it not having me in the house? I mean, times were weird. You know, a lot of kids would go home and they would talk about their families. At that age, I was one of the only people out of, like, my friends that had divorced parents and they had brothers and sisters, but I go home. It's just me and my mom. Right. I didn't have a brother or a sister to go to. And I mean, now I do, but yeah. they're a little too young yeah, to understand. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, right. you know, kind of like I didn't have someone there to help me with my homework when I got home or whatever. But and, I and knew, then when I was there, I wasn't there. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, and, and Kayla, I know it's your first time on mm-hmm. here. It's hard or whatever, but, um, you, you know, it's 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 part of life that we we can only build off of now. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? Like we got to keep moving forward. Now, now, Will, you tell tell them about the journaling because. Right. 
it was crazy because you know we always say the term like you got to believe in the dark, which yeah. which you you know, and sometimes you don't get what you want. Sometimes them socks ain't gonna be there right away. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes it's gonna take a little bit reaching in that dryer uh-huh. to get them socks out. I hope my wife listens too, because my white socks they do have matches. I'm just letting <laughs> you know. But yeah, uh, the journal, <laughs> the journal. Uh, I just I don't I really don't know why I started. It just crossed my mind. I was just in the store and then I was like. Let me just, but it came off of watching the uh, video, the motivational speaker and all that, the uh, video my daddy showed me. And uh, they said in the video, um, if you want to be successful in life, you got to make sure, they said it be the stuff that you don't want to do that you got to do. Like, I didn't want journal. Like, I, I don't, I didn't want journal. But I saw it in the video and it was like, write down the stuff that you want to do. Like, it could be simple as, I want to make sure I wake up for 6 o'clock. Once that alarm go off, I won't wake up. I don't want press snooze, wake up for 6 or 1. I mean, I said, I'm tripping. Six. If I won't wake up for 6 o'clock a.m., I'm going to write it down. Just write it down. Read it every day and apply it to your brain. Your brain gonna, is going to get stuck in your brain mm-hmm. that you got to wake up for 6 o'clock. And you're not going to wake up for 6 or 1. But, uh. I started journaling and will build my feet on God really will build my feet up. He really answered prayers like he really do. Sometimes you're not going to get it when you want it. You're not going to get it as fast as you want. But sometimes some prayers come fast. Sometimes some prayers come long. And um, you really got to stick to it. Like I said, just stick to it. But um, I told you I had journaled what I had journaled. Um, what I had journaled. I had journaled. Some basically, you know, asking God for something, but I read it every day. Like before I say my prayers, I read it every time I say my own little prayer. Then I open the journal and read to God basically what I want. And I had journal, uh, I journal for the God. I said, For the God, I ask that you allow me to be able to tell my story about you and life to the world. But this was way before you even brought this up. This was way before you came to me and said, Yeah, I want. Put you on this uh, podcast and uh, we're going to talk about stuff like this. This was before. So that instantly showed me like, man, that's crazy. I just wrote that in a book. Like, I just wrote that. And now he come and ask me, can I uh, come talk about uh, my life and all that. <laughs> so I'm looking, I'm like, that's crazy. That's really crazy. But I feel like you really got to, in life, you got to do stuff that you don't want to do. Get what you want. You gotta do stuff that you don't want to do to get what you want. Then the knee thing too was crazy. Yeah, the knee. (laughs) Forgot about that. So um, one day, well, I say one day, but on the twentieth of February, the day before my daddy's birthday, um, I had wrote something else. I said, "Father God, I ask that you heal my knee a hundred percent and allow me to be a hundred percent when I'm." I said, "Allow me to be a hundred percent." When I'm back playing football. So I'm praying like asking him to heal my leg 100%. Like I want to make sure I'm 100% before I get back playing football. I don't want to be in a breeze. Then after that, the next day, it's crazy. Because some prayers come fast. And these was my fast prayers that came. The next day, you text me and said, what's up with your knee? Like you didn't say about nothing else. All you did was text me, what's up with your knee out of the blue. We ain't talk. And I don't know how long, like a month? Well, be, no, it, might, it was be, before that because your father was still alive. Yeah. Because you was like, let me go. I think the message even might have said, let me go talk to my dad yeah. and, and, and I'll get back with you. Yeah, but I prayed for it and it came. But the thing is, I didn't just pray and then just, all right, I'm waiting. God, I prayed for it now. 
what you gonna do? I'm just waiting for you to do it. I'm not just sitting there. I stuck. I kept doing stuff that's aligned with the life that I want to live. Knowing I want to play football, I just stuck to football. I didn't do nothing else outside of football. I didn't go do other stuff. I knew what I wanted to do, but I stuck with what I wanted. So what I'm saying is you gotta, if you pray for something, stick to what you pray for and don't forget about it. And don't just pray for it one time. Like every day before I go to sleep, I read all, because I got different stuff I pray for. I read all this. I see my own little prayer. I open my book up and read everything that I ask for. I know it's going to come, but I just got to stick to it, be patient, and just have faith with God, and he's going he gonna to really do for you. You just got to have faith. People be like they have faith, but they really don't. Because as soon as you start stressing, that shows you're not trusting not them. Trusting. Yeah. As soon as you start words. stressing. One, one thing for the three of y'all is, is that, Joe, you know, we've done the WWL story was – was uh, um was crazy because and Kayla you was mentioned in that story too because that guy came over here he was doing a story he's a sports writer and he's doing a, a story on you training for the pro day and the next thing that goes on is is they start talking about it and then I'm watching this thing unfold on WWL had no clue how this whole thing was going to transpire. Same thing with you. I don't, I don't know everything. I'm just watching how you move, and based off of the things that you're saying is why I reached out to you. Yeah. And then I seen the Valentine's Day thing for your mom, too. That was huge. But um, when, when WWL came in and did your story, they turned that into you providing, ins like the, the they said something about the Marrero trainer, getting inspiration or are you providing not just inspiration for your family, but inspiration for the trainer in Marrero right. who, and then they talked to me again. And that's whenever I said that, you know, my daughter, I had to have family. Your grandparents stepped up on both sides. You know, your mom and you were living with my mom and dad mm -hmm. when I was out there drugging and doing what I was doing. So it was like it took this community to get us where we are. So I know there was family members that you have, aunts and maybe uncles, and same thing with you and same thing with you that helps this, this story. Because I'm looking at the feed on Facebook and I'm watching you know what the magic happened. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why the three of y'all story is so powerful. And it's like every chance that you get to tell it, you got to tell that story. And if it's, you know, Kayla, you're not maybe the camera person right now, <laughs> although you're in school for journalism, <laughs> like, like you got to get comfortable, but yeah. this is a little uncomfortable for you with the story. But when they, when they started talking about, um, when they did that in that story, when I watched that on WWL, it, it blew my mind. Like I, I, I had to watch it three or four times because I was so emotional. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? When when they piece these stories together, your story and I seen you and your mom, it was so emotional for me to see. We both sat in the office and cried that yeah. day when we watched that video. You know what I'm saying? Because it takes us back. But the thing is, is that y'all having the power to tell is gonna do exactly like your mom said. No, picking up off when you said you had the power to tell a lot of people because. I've done it before. Everything that I see is because I've been through it and I know. But that don't mean I could just continue doing that. But when you say we tell, a lot of people, they keep stuff in. And they feel like that's okay because that's, that's what you hear. Like like you said with songs, some people pick up songs in the wrong way. Yeah, they hear when somebody say something, and they'll be like, yeah, keep all my feelings in. But you're only hurting yourself. Right. You're hurting yourself by keeping that in. And 
stuff that can help people change their mindset. My some my daddy told me because he I get all my game from my daddy, but now I learn to, I gotta pick up stuff on my own. But he told me, uh, you should never be in a circle if you're the smartest person. If you got to the circle and you the smartest person in that circle, you gotta get out that circle because that's not getting you nowhere. Nope. So basically, what I'm saying is, you need to be in a circle where you everybody could pick up off. Like, see, you know the uh, A, you know B, I know C, and she know E. So now we all know some, but we don't know the other stuff. So now we all just helping each other out. We yep. getting elevating each other, but that's that's what you gotta be. And people just stuck in a circle, and it's not good for them. They just stuck there. People like to settle. People might want to be like, all right, I don't want. A big million dollar house, but I just want the seven hundred thousand. You should never want to settle in life. Don't be settled. Just you should want to always learn more and get better at what you do. Don't don't ever settle. Don't Joe, ever settle. If, life was un, unfair sometimes to y'all three. You know what I'm saying? Like for me, I, I'm lucky to be here. I'm very fortunate to be here because of the choices I made that put me in this position. But at the same time, my testimony I know is going to save lives, yeah. and, and and it also has built a platform for this. So, like you know, you you could have quit. Definitely, you could have been like, man, listen, I'm in college, bro. I'm going out drinking. I'm going partying and do whatever. But you didn't take that route. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. Um. Let me, I'm going to get back to what, what uh, you were saying about just opening up, talking to people. You know, yeah. as a child, as a young boy, or even a young lady, depending on how you grew up, whether you got both families, most of the time it's single family homes. If you got, if you, you know, one father, you, you grow up as a kid, as a boy, your dad teach you to be a man. Yeah. And you take that as a wrong uh, impression because when you taught to be a man, it's like, I got to do this. I got to do that. I can't, can't show weakness. Yeah. You know, I, I can't go back and just talk to people because that's that's a sign of weakness growing up when you when somebody tells you to be a man. So when you get older, you stuck in that trait. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't you don't understand how to release it. Yeah. Now, as a female, it might be the same way. You might you single father and single mother. You might be taught to grow up independent, you know, like independent. You got to do things your own. You know, don't ask for help. You got to get it your own. So when you grow up like that, it. it it gets stuck in your mind that I got to do this everything by myself and you feel like you don't have nobody. Well, really and truly, bro, like when you grew up like that and there's a lot of people in this world and I learned that just through the process that growing up and you just, you know, just a simple hey can lead to a deep conversation like this. Like I said, me and G used to have deep conversation all the time in the morning before workouts. But who would ever thought it would have got that far? You know, I was just coming here to work out. I never, like I never mentioned to him my story or anything. I just wanted to train. But he took it, you know, to another level that I ain't expect. And then we, like, like I said, we became family. You know, like I can call him for anything. He call me for anything. You know, it, that's how it is. But um, to get back what you said, G, about quitting, man, it is. I definitely could have quit. I could have quit from the time I got the phone call. You know, mm-hmm. like, like I said at that moment, I went to my coach. I told him, you know, I wasn't even thinking at the time. I just told him, I said, look, we got to get my boys here. Or I'm going home. You know, like I could have gave away my whole career at that moment. Yeah. But I went back and I called. I talked to my dad. I talked to my sister, not my not my kids' mother, my uh, stepsister, uh, which is my dad's uh, sister. I mean daughter, and then my brother and his wife. And I wasn't really talking to my mom at the time because, like I said, she was homeless. You know, I didn't, and I didn't know that at the moment. She was homeless for two years before I had actually found out. But um, I definitely could have quit, man. It was just like 
at that moment, it, I seen so much darkness, and it was like, I ain't, like I said, I ain't have nobody. But I really had people that I could reach out to. It was just, it hit me so quick <laughs> that everything just got bottled up and like, what you going to do? But, you know, at that moment, it was like, I thought about it, and I said, it's bigger than me. Yeah. You know, if I quit, what are they going to have? If I quit, you know, what are my family going to have? Like, I can't let it to happen. So at that moment, I had to step up and do the right thing. And, and then from that day forward, I had to put my P's and Q's in order mm. because I got two kids looking at me, yeah. three kids looking at me, and they watching every step I take. Whether if it's the wrong step, guess what? That's in their head, in their head. And then every, for every, you know, right step, it's, they don't think it's that good. But when you do something wrong, they think it's funny. But yeah. really and truly, it's not. You know, you're really not supposed to be doing it. So... Like I said, I could have been quick, bro, but like I said, with God, it, it just changed my faith and my view of life, and I'm here where I'm at now. Well, and I say this all the time, you know, I believe that everybody sitting at this table has favor in their life. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Favor's unfair a lot of times. Like, a lot of times, you know, things happen for people, and uh, not, you know, excuse my French, but I had a buddy that's like, dude, you jumping shit all the time, and you come out smelling like a flower. How, but but that's favor, you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Um, I could I could see what he picked up off of some about putting um <coughs> some greater behind yourself. So basically, the stuff you did, like you can see, you not selfish because a selfish person, they not go do the stuff that you did, and that's a lot of that's how a lot of people is in life, and they don't know it. They they selfish because. Yeah, it's all about I'm suffering with this. I I'm dealing with this pain. I'm dealing with this. But to really end suffering, you gotta think about something that's beyond you. Beyond you. You gotta think about something that's beyond you. Go. You can't think about yourself. People don't know when you think when you hurting, you thinking about what you dealing with. Mm. I'm thinking about my pain. This is my issues. You could think about it, but how you gonna deal with it? You just gonna no, I can't help this person. Now I'm I'm suffering. I'm dealing with my own stuff. Think about something that's bigger than you. That's how a lot of people quit too. They they being selfish. They don't know who depending on. Who they look, probably or who looking up or who to looking them, up you know? to you. It, it can be the smallest person that's looking up to you, and and that and at that moment, if you decide to quit, you don't let a yep. more than just that one person down. You know, yep. it's, it's not just about like he said. It's not about you. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it's bigger than <clears> us. Kayla, you know, one thing I want to commend with you is is you've been the model child through this whole process. Like I've never had trouble with you. You've always been on an honor roll. You, you know what I'm saying? Like you could have easily hated life mm-hmm. because of the hand that you was dealt. But you know, I mean, you, you're on the Dean's list at LSU and, and, and stuff like that. And you, you're studying the, you know, you, you kind of been able to separate your, your personal life in a sense from what, may have been being dictated to you. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, <coughs> when I was in school, my parents were going through their divorce when I was about in third grade, I want to say. Obviously, you know, go, every kid struggles with the fact that their parents are separating, so they let it affect other things that are going on in their life. Yeah. But, yeah, I would probably fail a test here and there, but I would never let what was going on affect what I had to get done. He always tells me, you know, there are going to be obstacles, but never let that get in the way of what you're reaching for. So that's always something that stuck with me. And, you know, even though he was going through stuff when I was growing up, 
he never was like he was never negative like he'd always come to me and that's why I said earlier you know above all he was always my dad right because he never let the drugs affect his relationship with me yeah, you know same. until it came to that point that he had to go to rehab right but I never let that you know Saturday nights I'd go to my grandparents house wake up 7:30 in the morning on Sunday go to the Odyssey house, you know, we'd go get Subway, we'd play cards. <laughs> that was my Sunday. Right. But that wasn't weird to me. Yeah. I was like, that was <clears throat> You didn't really my life. know. You didn't know nothing else at the time. So, <clears throat> like I said, that was a big reason why I had to get that done at the right time. Now, listen, Miss Nicole Landry, she's on there and she said, y'all, 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 they, they were nervous, but they working through those, those nerves. And you, you know Nicole Landry? Uh, she, I think she got I heard her name. Yeah, she, she. So, Miss Nicole, when you speak in your truths, you know, you, you speak. God speaking through you. So yeah. that's kind of, um, that's kind of what you're seeing happen right now. So those nerves, they go away, and the message gets out. Um, <clears throat> so for all of y'all, because Joe, you went to the Tennessee Titans. You went to, you know, you you've done some things with your life that a lot of people couldn't the whole time that you was responsible for other lives. Right. Um, well, you, you're a young man that's, you know, you got, you went through a lot, like yeah. a, you've been through a lot with your dad and then your personal self with, with the knee injuries and things like that. And Kayla, um, perspective is, is reality, right? So, you know, I remember this story that there was these two brothers and the two brothers were, were, were twins or whatever. And their parents were drug addict, alcoholics or, or whatever. And they, they got taken from them. And they were probably about 12 years old at the time when they got taken and they left. Well, something happens. There's an accident. And, you know, 15 years later, 20 years later, they come back to the funeral. And it's back in their hometown and they're having this funeral or whatever. And the, the, the priest at the end of the service goes up to the, one of the brothers and he's, He's an addict. Like he's, he, you could see he's he's homeless. He's he or not homeless, but you could just tell he wasn't in the right place in his life. And his his the the, the pastor's question was, or the priest's question was, is what happened? And he was like, well, what you thought was going to happen to me? You knew who my parents were. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then the other brother comes in, and he's got the Armani suit, and he's got the Jaguar day. He's got this beautiful wife, some kids with him. And he goes up, and the pastor's like, man, what happened? And he's like, well, what you thought was going to happen? You knew who my parents were. So life is built off a of perspective. And, and a lot of times in life, what we do is, is, is we don't let what happens to us dictate our behavior or the yeah. things we do. We let what we tell ourselves about what happens to us dictate our, 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 our moves and our behaviors. And, and the thing is, is 90% of self-talk is negative. Yeah. So that was a big thing when I saw you posting. I know that what was going through your mind was not negativity. You yeah. was trying, bro. You was trying to find some way to get yourself through the things that you had to go through. And yeah. same thing, Joe, when you came in, we were here for two weeks, and you don't even say nothing about it. Nothing. Nothing about it. You, you, you know what I'm saying? And, right. and Kayla, you at school, you're not up there, and something goes wrong, and you, my dad a, was a drug addict. I didn't have him in my life. Like, there's a whole lot of bitterness and negativity that could come along with y'all stories, but it's not. And, and you know... I played it for you earlier. Eric Thomas does the thing about the, he talks about Adele and how Adele had, 
you know, she was stuck, like no creativity, like writer's block or something like that. And, and Adele had uh, her, her boyfriend broke up with her and she, he left her and he le- and he leaves her. And then she goes in the studio and she builds this record which had Rolling in the Deep on it, and it's like one of the most celebrated yeah, albums definitely. ever. But it came from that pain. It came from that beating that she took, that broken heart that she had, and it became one of the most powerful albums ever. And, and the thing is, is, is that, you know, we, we talked about the golf ball too, right? Yeah. Like the first golf ball they ever made was smooth. Mm-hmm. The surface of the golf ball was smooth. And then as the engineers would beat, would hit it, it started flying a little bit further. Yeah. So they had to go in there and take and redesign the golf ball with dimples and put a little bead on it because it gave it more distance. It allowed it to, to go further. It was bruised. It was battered. It had to have that to take it a little bit further. And, and, and what Eric Thomas says in the thing is that sometimes we just a little too smooth. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Sometimes we got to be beaten on a little bit. Sometimes we got to go through something. But out of those biggest and those hardest moments come some of our biggest Biggest greatest rewards. And the thing is, is and and I want y'all to understand that this ain't my work, your work. It's God's work. Like this stuff right here is going to save lives. I promise you there's somebody, if it's one person, if it's one person, that means we need to do another show. You you know what I'm saying? And we need to just keep building and building and building until we save a hundred people. And then when those hundred people start talking, it's going to build it onto another. But you had to keep the perspective that you have in order for those things to happen. Right. If you come into this thing negative and you quit, then you're never going to make it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's not about the card you dealt. It's how you play the hand you dealt. Yeah. You know, every, every, when you put on this earth, God didn't give you no smooth path to your, your achievement. Yeah. You know, he, he put trials and tribulations in, in this world for us to go through for a reason. Now, some is, is easier than others. You know, some is a lot smoother than others. But like I said, it, it's not about the problem. It's how you overcome the problem. You know, you, you like I said, you could easily, easily quit. But that's, it's it's, easier to you got to have the mental and the mental strength. The, the mind is a strong muscle in the body, bro. That's the most powerful. If, you, if it ain't positive enough to overachieve that, that trial and tribulation, you, you won't, you won't. Yeah, make you never, you never gonna make it in professional sports. Never. That's why we got we got so many kids in the transfer portal. You know what I'm saying? You see that? Get there. It ain't what you thought. Right. Let me walk away from it. So, when when that whole when that whole sticking around thing is what develops character, and sometimes you don't need that character to get to the NFL. You need that character to get to the end end result to, life. to get to right. life. That's yeah, why that's the process you so far. The process is so important that you could, you know, Kayla, you've had the ability to separate those things and still keep focus on what you wanted. You know what I'm saying? You just had a situation that you could have said, well, the roads are frozen. I quit. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? But you didn't do that. You kept, so that behavior is going to present itself, not just in our relationship, but it's going to present itself in every little thing that you go through in life. Yeah. Adversity builds the character. Yeah. Absolutely. 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 That's the biggest thing to make it through. And I feel like uh, with pain, uh, sometimes pain, like everything really happens for a reason, though. Everything happens for a reason, but... It's all about if you catch on what that reason was for. Some people let that reason pass them by and they don't even know it. Like pain, people let pain build them up in a negative way and you let pain build you up in a positive way. Like when people, I could have easily 
flashed out when my daddy passed through it. Like, I could have easily said, man, whoever did that, like, I'm going to crash out. I'm going to just let everything go because what happened. Instead of thinking positive about the pain, people let pain control them. Like, you can't let the pain control you in a bad way because pain going to control you. It's going to make you either build you up on a positive or you're going to be negative about the pain. But I feel like you sh- you got to let the pain build you up in a good way. Don't don't let that control your life. Because I, I, I came across something. It was like uh, if experience if experience your best teacher, then progress is in prison. And that's true because if you let experience make you think this, you ain't go progress because you not gonna even go. You ain't go progress yeah. because you just You'll stop be stuck right in there. Your yeah, you settled. stuck. Settled. You stuck. But child, just you got You can't uh, let the experience be your best teacher. Always keep trying stuff. Like keep trying. Don't, <clears throat> don't and, stop. And Will, let me tell you something. Um, and it, and this is more internal for me, but that you can't teach me. More, I can't teach you more than what you've taught me already. And, and and the reason why I say that is is because as I'm as I'm trying to do these things and I'm writing a book and I'm building a platform and I got a foundation called Train It Forward and, and with me and Donald Clay Senior and Donald Donald's been through a lot too in, in the streets and things like that and and done, you know he's he's changed his he changed his life because of his son Lil Donald and um but what what I've taken from this in your dad's story and, and, and all of that coming to light and me meeting you and all of that is, is that I would be naive to think that because I'm in the position I'm in right now and I keep doing the things that I'm doing yeah. that I couldn't relapse Yeah, because it's like they say that, 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 and, and, you know, Joe, your story is another story that every time that a story like that comes in here, it's like it keeps refreshing my batteries, so to speak, to 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 kind of keep building. And Kayla, you know who you are to me, and 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 our relationship. You're probably more of my friend than I am your dad now, but and that's good. I I, I like that better than what it was. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And it's always a work in progress. But um, well, what what I what I learned from your dad's story is, is I would be naive to think that it couldn't happen to me. Not that I was thinking that. But it reinforced that thought process in my head because they make, you know, they got these little corny cliches in, in, in recovery talking about, you know, your, 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 your addictions outside waiting for you doing push-ups because yeah. it's getting stronger. You know what I'm saying? And, and you got to constantly, that's why it's every day. It's, it's just like, you know, your dad, your dad said, I, I know the next time could be the last time. Oh. And, and unfortunately that happened, but like any anything that we could ever do over here to to build on that addiction matters platform and stuff like that to save somebody's life, we here. Yeah, and that's basically what he was doing. He was going through his own struggle, but still trying to trying to build help other people out. Cause he he be, anything somebody tell you or trying to help you with is because they've been through it. They they've been through what they telling you about. So my dad had been through. He knew how it is when you homeless. Uh, you know, being on the streets, uh, you know, being being like taken away from their family and all. So he just was basically just trying to help other people out and stop them from, you know, either relapsing or just stop doing the drug because that thing is like like I said, when you caught up in the feeling, it's hard. It's real hard to cause it it just feel good. That's how that's what it'll do you like caught up in a feeling, it'll just feel so good. 
but you gotta have that. Your mind gotta be strong enough to push it away. Cause I knew it was hard. Like I'm, a, I, especially that poem I uh gave you. Yeah, yeah I read yeah, that, yeah. and I'm like, man, everything that that poem said. I'm like, man, I knew my daddy was going through that. Like I'm, I'm knowing it was hard. Like I knew, I yeah. knew. Like I'm just knowing it was hard for him to stop doing. Cause that's a serious drug. And once you become addicted to something, it's hard to not like it's hard to get away from because it, it the is. feeling. You it's just not, want the it's feeling. Not, there's a physical side of it that you got to overcome, and then there's also an emotional that that, that drug starts to take the place of something. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and what happens is is the, the the development process of recovery or the process of recovery is to remove the drug. And to take that need and fill it with something positive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's why I was so I want y'all here to tell your story because you you at the beginning of this thing, like we don't know where this is gonna go. And I and I know, you know, y'all y'all got lives to live. You're gonna go to college and you're gonna you're gonna play ball if you get the opportunity to, and but you got a bigger calling in life. It, it's it's not whatever platform that God gives you, you're gonna use. I could tell. And the thing is, is like right now, you getting it out. This is us taking that shit out of you. You know what I'm saying? The talking, like your mom said, releasing that stuff, getting it out of you. If you feel with a lot of pain, it's hard to let hope and, and, and things like that in and faith. Because, because you're overwhelmed with pain. The addict is overwhelmed with shame and things like that. That's why the, the, the recovery process and diving into that stuff head first and removing these things. Listen, you got people that go to treatment and they just follow the rules. And then you got people that go to treatment and they really go head on with their demons. Yeah. And you can't let them demons out unless you face them. And, and, and what y'all are doing today is, is you're allowing yourself to be vulnerable to where someone can now approach you. And that's the first step to helping somebody else is they got to know that you available right. and your vulnerability shows that availability. You know, I mean, Kayla, you might go back to school and somebody might say, Hey, cause this is going to go out Wednesday probably when we put it together on the YouTube channel and, and put it on the podcast channel on Apple and, and Google and all of that stuff. And we're going to run this thing. This is important. And, and when this word gets out and it, and the more that it gets out there, People's going to want to know. And, and you know, I, I feel like y'all can handle the responsibility of getting that message out. I think it's what you want now. Because I promise you, when y'all walk out of here today, you're going to feel good. Yeah. You, you know? I feel, I feel good already. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but, G, I got a question. Like, you've been through the, the rehab uh, side and everything. Um, like, I'm at a point now where, like, I told you I haven't talked to my sister in like three, four years, but I hear little stories about her, you know. Well, like the last few stories I heard, I heard she was in in rehab, and she was there for like months at a time, like a month, then she gone again, then another month, then she gone again, and then one day I woke up and I'm like, bro, like, what what is it that I can do to to help because this this can get really bad. And when I told myself that, a lot of people don't know. I woke up the next morning, I got a phone call from, it was in Colorado's police department. And uh, he was like, are you uh, Joseph Este? I was like, yes, sir. He was like, like what I did out there in Colorado. You know, like, <laughs> I, ain't I ain't been did. there yet. Yeah. yeah. 
And I was like, what I did? He was like, none. He said, I found your, your sister's ID. And I'm like, in Colorado? And he was like, yeah. And uh, he was like, they had a situation where something had came about where a guy had OD in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And her ID was in the room. Mm-hmm. So it's like, like I know at any point in time I can get that phone call and it be her. Yeah. You know? And I definitely don't, like, like our relationship ain't good, but I definitely don't want that for her, you know? So, like, I want to put myself in a position where I can just just give her that first leading hand. But it's like she done been there for a month, then she back out. You know, like, what what is it can I, that I can do? Well, the, the, the thing that worked for me, and I could tell you this was, is that the, the moment that I was cut off, you know, I, my, my book in the book, it says um, out of time is the first chapter. And it's uh, literally I was out of time. Like I, I had a boost mobile phone and it ran out of minutes and like I couldn't talk no more. So I had to find a way. But in that process, in that phone call, my mom was telling me no more seeing your daughter, no more, no more this, no more coming over here, no more. The enabling part, she didn't know what it was at the time, but she was no longer going to enable me. And um, and listen, my mom was kind of like ride or die, you know, like for the terminology that, that you use today, like she would get mad and pissed off and tell me things, but then she would always be the one that would bring me food or, or do something yeah. like, you know, you don't never judge nobody by what they say, but what yeah. they do, my mom loved me. You, you know what I'm saying? And, and I knew that. And, and I, I give a, I give a hard time today, but we have fun and we have a wonderful relationship. But, um, you know, what you got to do is, is you got to find that, find that position with your sister where your sister knows that she loves you and that you're willing to help the recovery process because too many times she might get a hundred dollars and go buy dope and then come to you and say, she ain't got food. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So what you do, you buy a food, but you're enabling her to use. Whereas it's gotta be, you know what? I'm not going to feed you either to where that hunger gets so bad that it's better than the dope. Yeah. And that's tough because a lot of people fail parenting. You fail yourself parenting because you see your kid hurting when they punished and what you do. All right, well, come on, get out of punishment. Right. You go to the store with a kid because it's not about, it's really selfishness if you handle it the wrong way because you're really only trying to help them to make yourself feel better. Right. Yeah. It's the reason why you take your kid out of time out when they crying. You know what I'm saying? Or, 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 you, or you give them something that they're begging for when you know it's not good for them. So, the, the big thing is, is that she needs to know that you're here for your sister, not for the person that she is right now in that moment. And that's, that's what happened to me. And once, you know, you, some people do things cause they want to, some people do things cause they pushed by their problems. I was, I was pushed by my problems in the sense that I had nowhere to go. I was homeless. I was on the street. I lived in a car. And then I, when I couldn't handle that, because that's a tough life to live. That's yeah. the hardest job I ever had was being a drug addict. For real. Like, you got to hustle every day. Every you day. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and, and I apply that to my life now. But you, you got to let her know that you're available to her. But at, at the same time, you're not here for you to be used. And let her know that you love her. Because you do, because it wouldn't have woke you up at night. Right. You, you know what I'm saying? I want to pick up on the question here, ask what you could do. Um, something I could tell you to do is just be straightforward, be honest. Because when my daddy passed away, 
I kind of felt like it was my fault a little bit because, like, I would send him stuff, like, trying to help him. Like, come on, Dad, like, I, I don't, I want you to be drugged. Like, I, I want you to get away from this addiction. I remember one time I told him, I was like, Dad, I don't want nothing for my birthday. You ain't got to worry about getting me nothing. Don't worry about getting me nothing. I just want you to get good with, your, with being drug-free. But I'll say is be honest. Just tell him the truth. Tell him yeah. what you know. Tell him what you see. Like, if you see she continue to be using drugs, like, tell her, no, you, you can't be doing this. Because it was times where I knew my daddy was asking me for money to uh, go get the drugs. Like, I knew this, but I didn't want, I was scared to tell him no because I didn't want him to know, know I knew. So i give him the money to to go get it. It was times I saw his, like, nobody, I don't even think my mama knew this, but I don't know. I just feel like I think, I guess, I think like my daddy, because I'm my daddy's child, but he had, in the bathroom, my daddy always going to the bathroom for a long time. Like, he'll be in there for a long time. And I'll be like, come on, dad, I got to use it. Stuff yeah. like that. But uh, So I'm like, why are you in the bathroom so long? That's what I'm thinking to myself. So I'm like, all right. So if he in the bathroom so long, he doing something up in there. I know he doing something up in there, so... I look, I'm looking around. I'm just looking, trying to see where I can find or see something. And I go to the top of the cabinet. They got the needle sitting up there. Like, it's a needle that I see what he be using with a, a belt and all that. The stuff that people use, like yeah. a spoon. and The rig, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. stuff like that. But I didn't want to touch that. I ain't want to touch that spoon because I ain't want him to know. I knew it was up there. Yeah. I ain't want my. I don't want him to go to my mama like who who touched because he knew if that spoon had been gone, somebody knew. And I always knew the spoon and the needle was sit up there at the uh, top of the at the top of the uh, cabinet. But one day he, uh, my uncle, went in the room. But I'm glad he did that because you know when you overdose or when you're on a drug, you only got so much time before mm-hmm. somebody find you. You gonna overdose. But they found my daddy laying down on the ground. Like, laying down, we had to call the ambulance to uh, come and do CPR, and they brought him up because it happened. Like The Narcan Yeah, they came just yeah. in time. But when that happened, I went to that spot, and I took the needle, put it down. Like, I just threw it away because I, I knew he wasn't going to know. I knew he wasn't going to remember. But my daddy was mad because he didn't he ain't ever want me to see him like that. Like, he'll be mad, like, just punching anything just because – he didn't want me to see him doing that because I knew my daddy was lying to me. It was times my daddy, he pawned my drum. I remember my, I didn't even get to use the drum yet. And he put it in the, uh, the pawn shop because that's the drug. That's how strong it was. Like you, It's stuff that drug can make you do stuff that you don't want to do. Oh, no doubt. That wasn't your dad. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Know. That guy that was giving you the motivational quotes was your father. Yeah. And you you know about the pawning. Yeah, there were a few. Items yeah, in the house. Yeah, but like I'm pretty sure I had a PlayStation. I wasn't <laughs> old enough to know, but <laughs> for some reason it stopped working. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I, I didn't think know that PlayStation game is where we all. I think I've been through that one too. Yeah, but I see just be straightforward. Don't don't if you see some attack it right away. Don't don't be like, dang, I don't want her to know this. Just be straightforward right. with her. So be like straightforward. So. I, I, I've been in positions to help her before. And, yeah. like, I was a little younger, though, so, like G said, I was kind of enabling her. You know, I was giving her the stuff to do it. But, like, when I got a little old, it, it became to the point where it was like, no, you know, I said no. And it was like, I, I wouldn't help at all. And I'm at the point now where I don't need, like, I can't talk to her. 
You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah. So it's like, how can I help from that point? Like, it, I don't, it, I don't, it, it may have to be like that, Joe. And the thing is, is you can't go and be addicted with her. Right. You, no, you know definitely. what I'm saying? Because that's what happens to family members is we we become addicted to those drugs, too. We just ain't getting high. Right. Or, or, or whoever, you know, like, especially with y'all, y'all don't do no drugs. So you, you don't you ain't getting high, but you live in that life with them. And, and listen, Will, the things that you have to do. Knowing that that stuff was in the house and then to live with that and go to bed with that every night is not something that a child should have to do. So, yeah. so like to be the person that you are sitting here right now and Kayla, you too, you know what I'm saying? I, I know I used to hide drugs in the house and stuff like that. And, 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 you know, your, your mom was, was, she didn't want to believe it. You know what I'm saying? I, I basically ruined her life. You know, she didn't get to get married and have the white picket fence and stuff like that. And I'm sorry for that. And I, I still deal with that today. But I, I, it's not I, I can only redeem myself at this point and try to make sure that that don't happen for somebody else. But, you know, there's a, an arrested development that happens a lot of times along the way. And it may be a communication skill or because what happens is, is you kind of can't confide sometimes in your dad. Yeah. The, 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 the fact that you didn't want to listen to those motivational things. And maybe sometimes if I would have came to you like uh, during those times and tried to talk to you or tell you about something, you kind of never lost that. You never, you never reached the point of being mature enough to understand the difference, but you did well. Yeah. And, and you did too, Joe. And the thing is, is like, you don't hold it against your mother no more. Right. No. You know what I'm saying? So once your mama made that decision to make those changes, those things change. But there's an arrested development that happens sometimes in kids. Like we see these kids that been in these bad situations and they can't be intimate or they can't have uh, a certain kind of relationship with the same sex or opposite sex. And, yeah. and those things carry on their life all the way through. Uh, they can't communicate. They, they problem children because... If you happen, if it happened when you was eight and you started realizing these things was going on at eight years old, you didn't have a dad to confide in. In a sense, you could have took a whole different path and been a bad. I mean, I don't know because some kids just get in trouble in school. Right. But but not but, as right though. Like, yeah, yeah. It, I mean, you, it's a mental. Yeah, you that lose that ability mental. to confide. So <laughs> what happens is, is when you don't confide, you don't get the reciprocation, the redirection from the parent to say, "Hey, it's all right." Right. This is going to be cool. We're going to fix this like this. And that's the biggest thing for me that I'm amazed by with you, Kayla, is that you you got you do good. You, you, you know what I'm saying? You're not a problem child. You never was. It's just amazing to me. I, I mean, that's, again, we go back to having favor. Yep, and this goes again with what you said uh, with the environment. Like, mm -hmm. if you, whatever environment, some people, some people, some it ain't going to work if they mind not strong because sometimes people in the environment, that's going to take over them when they get older. Like you said, like from when they was young, you can't let them see or hear certain stuff because as they get older, they're going to just apply, start applying that to life. Right. So you got to make people just think different about stuff. You can't let your environment control who you are because I could be like, I'm in an environment where I am live at. I could do everything everybody else doing. And I remember, man, one day, and I and I look at it, but now I look at it and listen to what my daddy told me. Cause one day, one day I was I went down the street, cause I'm in the hood, you know. They got grown men shooting dice, mm -hmm. so I I'm going down there joining the game shooting dice with old heads. And my daddy always tell me, but this the thing, 
when my daddy told me something, he 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 looked at it like, all right, look, he either gonna listen or I'm gonna let him learn on himself. He ain't, every time he hears, see man, don't be like, well, get from down there, cause he already told me, well, if you do this, this gonna happen. So I'm telling you, don't hang around them people. He he just let it let it be, cause he always wanted to let me see stuff. Cause sometimes people gotta learn on their on their own. Yeah, cause yeah. you can't tell people everything, and they just gonna listen. Sometimes. You got to find out for yourself. And when my daddy was telling me, don't go down there shooting dice with him, I I realized like later on because something happened. Somebody came around because somebody robbed the bank. Somebody robbed the bank and they came around that area and the police was over there. And they was asking everybody else questions and, you know, they got involved. But it didn't lead to a bad situation. But I picked up on it like if I was down there. What happened if they would have thought I'm the pe- person yeah, who robbed yeah. the bank and all that? But you got to learn how to take stuff and listen. People be so quick to talk, like talk, but you got to really listen. Listen to what anybody got to say. Always be listen. Don't be so quick. No, I know this. I, I know what I'm going to do about this. No, just listen. That's all. Listen just listen. You, yeah. But yeah. kids, though, it's like that because, like, I deal with it now. Like, I could tell my kids, don't touch that. It's hot. Mm-hmm. But guess what? They gonna go over there and touch. Yeah. You know, like that's that's. I think that's just kids in general. Like they're not gonna listen. They're like, man, he old. You know, that's my dad. He don't know what he's talking yeah. about. But in real life, like son, I've been through it already. You know, like if I tell you don't touch it, don't touch it. Like I'm, yeah. I'm trying to help you. I'm not trying to hurt you. Yeah. But I, I just feel like that's in kids in general, though. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, it's it's all it's all about you know. Listen. My, it's crazy because my five-year-old right now, she she's like, we we taught her about a piggy bank, and and now she'll she'll go clean up her room for a dollar so that she could right. put the coin in the piggy bank. Little Gary, you give him a piggy bank, he's like throwing it on the ground and stuff. Like he ain't, you know, it's it's all it's all it's everybody's different, you know, and and everybody's gonna learn their different ways, and 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 that's why it's important for parents to be plugged into your kid's life too. Definitely. You can't sacrifice anything to save your sister that's already going on. Right. You can't sacrifice her boys right. to save uh-huh. her. Yeah, you got to make sure that you do. Because listen, I, I know I know you don't have disposable income. You know what I'm saying? Right. But now you got three miles you feeding. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You got little Joe, you got the two boys, and then I'm sure there's times where you may help your mom out still right. just to make sure that she don't get too overwhelmed or consumed by things and stuff like that. So you got to keep on, you, you know, providing. You're right. a provider. Right. And that means that you might not be able to buy a new car sometime. Right. So there's a lot of sacrifice that goes into, you, you know, doing this stuff. But... um. You had uh, any other things you wanted to touch on that that you, you you, you, you know, with your uh-uh. dad or whatever? Talk, tell us, because the foundation's important, because you and your mom still pushing the foundation, yeah. right? Yeah. So basically, like I was saying, it's just uh, my daddy was just trying to uh, push other people from uh, using drugs, especially heroin, because that's what my daddy was doing. He was doing heroin, but. Uh, he was just trying to tell people what he knew because he experienced it. So he basically putting what he know out there to let other people know, like, don't do this. So this one happened. So he was just pushing them, like, to uh, what what can possibly happen or what you don't want to happen. And that's why he labeled it as addiction matters because addiction do matters. And people look at it as addiction. I mean... I said addiction. Uh, people look at it addiction because, like, they look at it as, like, it's just an addiction. Like, 
All right, they choosing to do that. They choosing to do that, but like they don't understand when you addicted to something like that stuff is it's hard. It's hard to get out of. It's really hard. So addiction do matters because people don't understand, and they don't even have to be with addiction matters. It could be with anything else in life, but addiction matters. Like you can't just look at it like it's just an addiction. They choosing to do that. All them people who doing drugs, they choosing to do that. That's not true. It's just your addiction yeah, that's hard. That is really hard. And I that poem, I really want people to see that poem or really listen, especially people who are on heroin, because that, that poem, that'll hit you deep, If you, especially if you're going through it. That's the thing. When you hear stuff in life that you know you're going through, it's going to hit different when you hear it. And I feel like a lot of people need to hear certain stuff. To help them out. Yeah, some people need to hear it real too. Yeah, they need like, to hear it, it real. It don't need no candy coated shit. They need it the don't. truth. You, yeah. you know, and that poem was, you know, it talks about praying to that brown. You, you know what I'm saying? Like that. That's real deep. It, it's it's tough. Um, you know, I the, the the thing that the platform or whatever we we have. Uh, I know when I wrote my book that I've had a lot of people reach out to me, and you don't even know. And then in the book. You had did the article. So when you wrote the article, Kayla, at school, what was you expecting from that? Uh, just an A+. Plus. Honestly, <laughs> I wasn't expecting. Just a good grade. Huh? Just a good grade. I wasn't expecting it to become like what really started the book. I think what I wrote in my junior year of high school and it was a, you know, it wasn't like, what's something that you went through in life that changed your perspective or something? It was a hero project. Right. And at first, you know, everybody does this. You write about your mom. You know, your mom's yeah. always somebody that you look up to. And then when it came time to write the paper, I was like, oh, everybody else is doing their mom. I want to do something different. And I was like, what's something or somebody that really just changed everything for me? And I was like, that's my dad. So I wrote the paper. It took me probably an hour to write. It was the fastest paper I've ever written in my life. Um, it was true. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, you know, I, I, like, shared it to my family. I showed it to my dad. But I that was really my first time ever writing or really speaking about what I went through. Like, this is my first time ever talking about it, like, vocally, yeah. other than when I was interviewed for the book. And... I went on retreat junior year, and that's when we all kind of, you know, when you go on a retreat, I went to an all-girls high school. So, you know, we all cried. There were different things that were going on in our lives, and, you know, I kind of just thought about that. I'm like, wow, like, not everybody gets that opportunity to get their parent back from something so, like, tough. Right. Like, addiction is something that is hard to overcome. Yeah. And after that what really stuck out to me was the whole story. So I took it upon myself. I put it to Facebook and I think somebody saw it and then he called me like a few weeks later, maybe and said, we want to do a book. I was like, well, I don't know if I could write a whole book. Right. So then we kind of turned it into his story and we got a whole bunch of people to speak on it. My grandma, my mom even spoke, she was interviewed and it just, now it is what it is today, and we're just hoping to change lives. And, and, and that's that's the important thing, right? Well, that's why all y'all stories are so important is that y'all shining that light or telling your story, it gives people the ability to follow. Because, listen, 
as a, as a, I am a drug addict. I'm a, I'm an addict. I'm a junkie. I'm a pillhead. Whatever you call it, you know what I'm saying. I just ain't actively in addiction, and that's the choice that I make today. However, like I said, it's out there waiting for me. But when when we when we put those stories out there and we tell our truths and we put that out, you know that that may be your gift. And 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 the Bible says the gift will make a place for you at, at His table. And, and and whatever it is is man. Football may just be an avenue that you go through. Now, to me, the training industry, and we got a global brand now. We, 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 we all over the world with this stuff. But I know that there's more responsibility in me than just training athletes. I know that if I'm going to keep what I have, I have to give back and do these things. And y'all, given that story, your, the book, your dad's story on WWL is going to constantly be in circulation. And it's going to save somebody's life, even though he's not here. And, and that Addiction Matters platform is going to do that. I, I was When I was watching the show, I was, um, I mean, watching the, the little thing, Renee Duguay was, was on there, and, and she was like, man, I, I became, I became, um, I, I'm sorry, I became family yeah. in Addiction Matters. You, you know what I'm saying? She, she, she found her way through what your father had set up. And, and that, being said and that being done and that story being told is saving somebody. So what your dad started is always going to exist. Yeah. He don't have to be here. You, you know what I'm saying? Like that, cause people need this. People need to hear the better. Now, some of the people are asking, um, about the poem. Yeah. Um, I got the poem right here and, uh, I, I you want to read it or you want me you to can, read, it? read it? I'll, I'll read it. And then, I'm gonna let y'all know it's it's very candid. So I mean, it's very it's it's, it's true. It's true. It's, it's the truth. So it's yeah. it's real. It's not something that. But the the brown powder that comes in a small bag will have you strung out and dressing in rags. The curious will try it and see the story's legit, but in their own ignorance, still make them a fix. The shit gets a a grip and freezes up time. Never thought from never thought from your family that you'd steal a dime. You'll steal everything, even pawn your own son's wagon in a pursuit of that first high called chasing the dragon. But you'll never get it, and then when you find that devil you've been chasing has taken over your mind, it latches on tight and won't give you a break. You won't sleep at night. You'll shiver and shake. You'll watch the clock until the sun comes up, scheming a way to make a quick buck. You're taking big chances, but you know in the end, there's only two places you'll go, the graveyard or the pen. But you no longer care, so you'll steal and you'll rob. Sitting in jail, you'll look back and sob. How did this happen? I'm not like these people. But once you're sober, you'll see you are equal. You'll hit your knees begging God to heal you, but can't fool him. He already knows the deal. You'll sit in your cell, swearing never to use again, but the day you're released, your cravings begin. You'll give in after not using in months, but your tolerance is low and you'll shoot too much. You make the decision now, you ask, I'm sorry, you, make, you made the decision, now you ask yourself why. Watching from above, your family will cry. You beg God for your life back, looking all frail. He said, I will give you a second chance by sending you to jail. When you're in jail, your prayers were so gorgeous. It was me, not the court, that dropped all the charges. 
you were given freedom but started using again. Now I choose to save you. So now I choose to save you. So your life on earth must end. Follow me, son, and please don't refrain. I gave your precious life. You, you, but you lived in you lived it in vain. It went all wrong when you picked up that needle. I knew all along there would be a sequel. So come into heaven, sweet boy, come inside, for I didn't kill you. It was your foolish pride. And then it, it, it shows who it was written by. But that's powerful. Yeah, the man, he, he passed away like two months after he wrote that. And that's that's true. Every, anybody who on heroin, that's, that message right there. That I really, cause I showed that to my dad, and my daddy said that hit him hard. I yeah. showed it to my dad, like he, I, I'm thinking like, man, this stuff is gonna save him, cause that's he gonna he gonna wind up dying if you keep using. Like I'm, that's it's basically telling you that. Yeah, you gonna yeah, wind yeah. up dying, cause you just so addicted to the drug. Well, my mine was opiates. I never, I never, thank God, I never got into heroin because it's. I, I can tell you right now, it's harder to come back from. Yeah. Um, but I know, I know the fight. You know what I'm saying? I, I know I know the, the, the days, like I said, when I called your mom from the corner, I know the days that I got those paychecks that I had that gut feeling. But, you know, a big thing was is I was ignorant, too. Like my own egotistical ways and the things that I, 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 I was who I was or whatever. I, I was I was man, I, I can't get addicted. I remember your gammy telling me one day when I got I, I had. I was sliding in the second one weekend, tore my shoulder up playing ball. And they gave me a bottle of Vicodin. And your gammy told me that's a powerful drug. I'm like, all right. Like, in other words, it was being told to me over and over and over again. But I was Gary Sheffler. I had it all under control. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And then that stupid decision, ego-based a lot of times, it got to a point where I fell in love with it. And it stopped being just to help my shoulder. It started to be to help the bad day that I had. Oh. It started to be to help the, you know, when I was pissed off. And then next thing you know, you lose all sight of spirituality and you're trapped in this place where the only prayers that you're saying to God are to get you out of trouble or to get you away from it. And then like the poem says right there, I'm going to save you. I'm going to take you because I got to save everybody around you. And that's that's powerful stuff, you know. So, but you know, Will, you probably could have your own show. <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. You got you got a lot. Um, and and you know the 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 point of this whole thing is is if we could reach one, we could save one. And 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 you know, everybody's different, right? Yeah. Um, Will, you're, that's you're, the, I wanted to say another thing, and everybody. Who dealing with pain too? You can't just look at it like I'm. You probably the only one dealing with it like at that time, but like in life, everybody has the same story. The same story is pain, hurt. That's the story, but it's just in different details. Everybody got different details of what they're going through. It's you could like it could be something small like like all right, I broke my pen. I broke my pen. I'm hurting. He probably. Uh, broke his leg. I'm feeling pain because I broke my pen. Like I really love this pen. He hurting because his leg broke. 
we could be feeling that same pain, but it, pain is pain. Everybody gonna feel pain. Everybody go through pain. Yeah, that's different the thing. Situations. It's just a different situation. Yeah. Right, and that's what that's what I was about to say is is the demographics change. The thing with addiction is is it it don't matter who you are, where you come from, what your status is in life. What what you could be the a millionaire lawyer, you could own all kind of businesses. You could be a homeless guy on the street that just fell on bad luck. If you pick up and your mom said that earlier is to make the decision to never pick up is, you know, if you pick up and you make that choice one day, it, it may not be able to walk away from it yeah. because emotions are all the same. Emotions have no, they're in everyone. There's good, there's bad, there's happy, there's sad. There's all of that stuff like that. And then you'll see these really good people because I know your dad was a good man because he was yeah. trying, bro. You know what yeah. I'm saying? The, the, the mess because you're here telling me this story. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? I, 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 I've been you've been around me for a week, but I've been watching you for months. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's me another thing. I want to. Uh, sorry for cutting you off. No, you good? It's a like you. That's another thing. When I when that happened, like that's just a sign. Like people don't do this. This don't come to people's brain like that. Like so when you. Told me uh, I got in here by you looking at my tweets. I'm thinking to myself, why are you telling me this? I'm thinking like, damn, you never know who watching. You never know who watching you. So you got to always, don't ever think, nah, I could do this. Mm -hmm. They ain't looking up to me. Nobody watching me. But you never know. They probably not telling you. You weren't telling me none of this. I, I didn't know you was looking at me or nothing. But when you told me that, I'm like, you never know who watching. Yeah, you don't. Well, that's that's the whole thing with social media, right? Yeah, is you never know who's watching. That is good. as much as it can help you. It can hurt. It could be the very thing that is your yep. downfall too. Yep. You, you know what I'm saying? Um, but you know, like kind of moving, moving, um, move moving forward with the whole thing is 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 you know, I I, I want y'all to be boisterous. You know, be vulnerable. Show who you are. Talk about who you are, and 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 let 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 that light let let that very thing be something that could save somebody. Yeah. You know, um, Kayla, you you like I said, you might get approached, baby. You got you got, and it might just be how do you deal with it. You know, and it might be to tell that story. Well, I I really see a a, a really just based off of this. I know you you had a lot to get out, and me me and Kayla have had conversations and. She's wrote stories in school, and yeah. this this was ten years for her now. Where it's it's not even ten months for you. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's all fresh. I think that you getting this out right now, Joe. You know what you've done with your with your nephews and stuff like that, and 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 just with yourself in, in general. You could have taken a different path, easy. But do y'all y'all got anything, Kayla? Some closing words on on something that you know, you would you would tell somebody that's in your situation? I mean, one of the main things that I've always tried to get through with the papers and if I ever wanted to go out and write my own book, you know, being a child of an addict, don't think the worst. Like, there's, it sounds cliche, but there's light at the end of the road, you know? Yep. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, something I would say is, you know, Going through tough times, rough times, I'll say, you know, make sure you have that connection with God because that's important. People don't understand it. And I feel like, like you were saying with the ball, people just, 
they go they just go with life that's 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 their mindset they just go with life like it is what it is they just been smooth but at times you gonna it's gonna be times you really need god like he gonna that's the thing he gonna do if you don't if he want a connection with you he gonna he gonna do stuff to make you come to him like you you, you don't want to be friends with me all right i'm gonna do this he just gonna do stuff to you and make you hurt like make you come to him but i feel like um you know make sure you uh keep god first that's that's important you gotta keep god first and really have a connection with him don't just be saying uh i have a connection with god that's my like you know but really be serious about it and talk to him every day some people they pray one day and then the next five days they forget then they come back you know you gotta pray every day like that's something you probably don't want to do that but you gotta do it and that's something i do i make sure i pray every day thank him every morning when i get out the bed just thanking him prayers prayers of behavior yeah you know what i'm yeah. saying it's got to be part of your life it's your breakfast Definitely. It's your dinner. Yeah, you, 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 you know what I'm saying. Like, like, and and, yeah. and the other thing too is, is your relationship with God don't have to be some big higher way up, man. I talk yeah. to God like I'm talking to you. That's what I, I you, just you, told somebody that I was like, man, I talked to God like he one of my partners. Yeah, you like, got to. He's, how, he is. He's your the best connection. partner. Yeah. He the best friend you got. Trust me. Yeah. I, I remember me. my grandma telling me I was like when she came talk to me she said you talk to him I said grandma I don't know how to like a lot <laughs> yeah, of people don't know how to yeah. talk so yeah. just talk she was like just talk like talk to him like he's one of your friends or something so yeah. like at that moment you know I started and uh, she really helped me on my faith but um, closing words man just like Kayla said you know it, it's not the end of the road you know just like Will said like you know you gotta have that and it's it's just don't give up. You know, you got to have yes. that faith and strength, but, and you know, you got to keep God first. But at mm -hmm. the end of the day, it's always somebody out here willing to help you. Mm -hmm. You know, you just got to be willing to take somebody in. Not everybody's out here to hurt you. You know what I'm saying? Like, and if, if it's us four, you know, just come at us and then we can talk to you. If it's somebody else that you're comfortable with, you know, do that. But it's always somebody out here that's willing to help you. You know, don't, don't think you got to take this road on by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 we got um listen and and then closing mm -hmm. what what I'm gonna tell the three of y'all is is that Will um and Joe and and Kayla because I mean it's kind of I'm talking indirectly about myself but I promise you as long as I have strength in my body that I won't let y'all's people's stories go in vain you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, we got to, we got to constantly, and I'm going to constantly, I could speak for myself and say that I'm going to constantly try to put things out there and try to help people when I can and, and not let those things, you know, those, those, those lives, your father's life and your sister and, and all of the struggle and the pain and my parents pain, I always keep that in front of me. And, and I'll never let that, um, I'll never let that go in vain. You know, it happened. Let's make sure that there's a silver lining in everything and, and, and continue to um to get the word out there and let's see how many people we could save. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate y'all being on the show. Uh, this is Coach Gary, Gary Scheffler, recoded the podcast, uh, the blueprint for the student athlete, and uh, hashtag addiction matters, babe. Yep.